so welcome to the Making Music with Jake Haas podcast. Today I have with me a good friend of mine, Drew Danbury. What's Hi. up, Drew? Hi, Jake. Hey. So it's actually been uh, a couple years since I've seen Drew. He moved away on me to uh, from Utah to Montana. But we're getting together now. He's in town, and we're going to write a song, and so I'm really excited. But I thought we could start, uh, maybe talk a little bit about your music background, and you've done countless albums under your under the Drew Danbury name and, and a bunch of side projects. But maybe maybe go back further. When did you first get started doing music? I made music with friends in high school as like just for fun and silliness. Uh-huh. But then I think I really started writing songs in 2002 when I was in college. Okay. And I, w- I met Micah Dahl Anderson, who was mm-hmm. amazing. And... Um, he played guitar and he wrote songs and he was just so talented. And I asked him if we could start a band together and if he'd help me write songs. And mm-hmm. he was kind enough to oblige and we started a band called the Danburys. And then a lot of stuff has happened since. But, so you did a lot of, I, I would consider you a big kind of DIY artist. Like you've done. Yes. Uh, you've done tours, you know, across the U S and Europe and, um, Mm -hmm. have you gone other places besides there? I'm trying to think. No, no. Just like mainland USA, Canada and Europe. But you've done hundreds, like all of it DIY. Probably. I, I, you had a count once. I think it was, was it over 500 shows you've played? So it was over 500 in the span of like three years. It's about, it's over, it was over like 700 at five years. And I think at this point it's just safe to say it's over 800. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. at. At a certain point I had, um, I had kept track of everything on MySpace, and then MySpace deleted all the shows. Yeah. So I, I have no idea, but I do know that it's over 800 and, and yeah, I don't, it's a different world. I don't, I don't have the time to, book DIY tours anymore and leave my family and not get paid. Right. Which is sad. But if someone wants to pay me, I, I would be so happy <laughs> to play. Yeah. I, I hear you for sure. Um, and I know you, you, uh, you know, you mentioned your family, but there was a time you, you, you went into kind of quit music for a little while and, and became a barber. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of misunderstanding with that. I, I just posted on my blog that I didn't want to do Drew Danbury shows anymore because we were starting the Apache project uh-huh. and I just was getting tired of, I felt like I had painted myself into a corner with this character that I'd created on stage. And I think everyone just took that to say like, he's quitting music uh-huh. and everyone freaked out. And I was just like, well, this is kind of out of my hands at this point because it's not like I mean I learned a lesson like don't ever say you're thinking about quitting or like you don't want (laughs) to do a project anymore because then everyone's gonna for the rest of your life everyone's gonna be like dude I thought you said you quit (laughs) and it's like it's the forever uh, reunion tour or farewell tour or whatever (laughs) so basically like I I just said like I don't want to do Drew Danbury shows anymore which to me meant like I don't want to do this project anymore. And I think a lot of people just took that as like Drew Danbury is the person and he doesn't want to play music anymore. He's quitting music. And for me, I was just like, no, I just want to do 
other things and focus on other things and not do this this thing anymore and and then granted you know like I became a barber and I needed a break and I couldn't tour as much as I used to and so I was um barbering a lot but then because I wasn't spending 40 hours a week booking DIY tours I was able to put out like so many albums and like just spend all that time recording and writing songs and actually creating things so, so you it, probably started putting out more music even after you took a step back from the touring part absolutely of it, right? absolutely like i think what was it uh the danbury's the um, introduction to sex rock besides the mother ep this could mean trouble you don't speak for the club um i think i might be forgetting something but then the geraniums ep and goodnight gary and goodnight danny so like that was pretty much what i did from 2003 to 2010 mm-hmm. and then i guess there was the apache that we recorded at muse yeah Old muse. so i should probably mention so that's kind of how drew and i know each other more is from the music scene in provo back in the day when i ran muse drew used to play shows there but then we had a studio there so we did uh, quite a bit of recording. Uh-huh. Some of a your, lot. the, the, it could mean trouble album. A lot of that was done there. And then the whole Apache album we did mm-hmm. and then bits and pieces of other things, I believe. So the good night albums, I yeah. know that we did some stuff on that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Um, I've always had a fun time in the studio with, yeah. with hanging out and do, Oh, and we did the, the relive in the nineties project. I forgot about that too. Yeah. So that was, I should probably explain that a little bit and, what was the year 2009? I think so. Yeah. Uh, we just, we got together with friends and once a month we'd go to the studio and usually one person would be like kind of the main artist and they would cover a song from the nineties. And, uh, we did one a month. So we did 12 of them and we might've even done a few more, the extra that didn't get put out. We did 12. Yeah. So, um, because we were doing, it was such work putting together, the sessions like mm-hmm. surprisingly it it was so hard just to like find people who wanted to get a free promotional video and song <laughs> for free right all they had to do is like show up and say yeah i want to record this and do this on this day but then the really difficult part was finding like cinematographers and videographers who would uh-huh. have the time to do it thankfully we had some really great people involved um, yeah, I was, I was impressed with the, the video quality. I mean, I was more on the recording side usually, but, yeah. uh, um, but they, they turned out really good. Yeah. So I was, I was, that was fun to do for sure. Basically, from 2010, I put out Goodnight Danny, which was kind of like the best, in my mind, the best album I could ever do. Mm-hmm. And that was like a huge reason why I wanted to do other projects and do other things because I'd been in putting this pressure on myself to like do better, make better. 
and then um, I did the For All the Girls project, which was kind of like a, I needed an escape hatch. I needed a way out. I needed mentally, I needed a way to be able to not be myself or not feel like there was this pressure to create a certain type of song or write about certain things or whatever. And it was like this just really life-changing fun project where I would just write songs for just the fun of it because it wasn't me and it wasn't going to be me. And when I did release it, it was going to be like this whole other identity that I was going to create. And I was, it was really fun and really the, exciting. The, the Damien Fairchild alter, alter ego. <laughs> yeah. And it just was a big relief. And what I thought was like kind of dead inside me kind of took away all that pressure and that, I don't know, negative aspects of yeah. what music could become. Anyways, so, so, I digress. No, no, it's great. Um, so do you feel like there wasn't as much pressure now on yourself to make it a career and so you could just kind of do music for the fun of doing music or was that oversimplifying things maybe or there's that's an angle that i agree with Mm -hmm. i'll put it that way yeah um but i had put pressure on myself like i want to make i still do like i still want to make an amazing record i i mean how many times do i try to like put out what I consider to be a perfect record. And then every time I'm just kind of like let down, like, ah, just my voice sucks or this sucks, or I didn't do this right. Or this didn't come out the way I wanted, but you don't want to really like sit with this project forever. You just want to get it done. Right. You have to release it. Like, at least for me, like some people will just work on an album for eight years and that's great. But for me, I'm, I just like make it, and then move on is how I feel about it. So right. that's what I do. A lot of albums, a lot of projects came out of that. The Funny Uncles, uh, Young Dumbledore, like so <laughs> many things uh, over the span of like those seven years. And, and then, then go, go back a minute to the For All the Girls. So you did, I think you did one album under the For All the Girls. Mm-hmm. Ty- and then, the, then there was another one called 70 songs i believe 70 love songs 70 love songs that had each song had a literally 70 songs but each song had a different collaborator yeah and also i should say each song title is the name of a a girl yeah yeah and so it was there i think i remember you talking about once you were hoping like a girl with that name would discover the song and and like feel all excited because she had a song for her kind of thing or well the whole concept behind for all the girls was that like at a certain point I'd written that Lynette, I love you song, which wasn't about Lynette. It was about sharing, but I just written, I just titled it Lynette, I love you. And Uh then I got never ending comments on YouTube from people saying, Oh my gosh, my name's Lynette. I love this song. And so I just thought, man, how many, like how many girls have been named Aubrey because of the song bread? How many (laughs) girls like love this Michelle Michelle because of the Beatles or like whatever like there's so many like of those girls who just have that one song and I just thought how many girls don't have their own song and it would just be hilarious to to do that to like I guess play off or blatantly kind of appropriate the idea of like writing a love song for a girl name and dedicating a whole project to just these like really old-fashioned tropes and like kind of like i don't know like these these things that people do 
like really bad poetry that just like girl i can't live without you what else could i do you are my stars my sun my moon like just like the things that people write about in these like love songs for girl names are ridiculous <laughs> and i wanted to like make a project that was just like a kind of tongue-in-cheek and blatantly making fun of that but also catering to all the girls that or women mm-hmm. that um just never had a song it doesn't have to be like the best song ever it's just like it it's just a song, you know? Right. Um, so that that kind of like, with the 70 love songs, I mean, we were at 50 and I just realized, oh my gosh, I have 50 songs for this album and they're all collaborations with different people because I've just been doing it for fun. And why don't I just do 20 more and just mm-hmm. literally one up the 69 love songs because that's just <laughs> hilarious. Right. Um, I just thought it'd be funny and... And yeah. you're, just to clarify, you're talking about the Magnetic Fields album, yes. 69 yeah. Love Songs. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. You've won up. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. And and we actually did one song on there too called Janet, which yes. for me is significant because I have my mother's name is Janet and my mother-in-law they're both yeah. Janets, so yeah. I think they've they've heard it and they like it. So. that's that's kind of what the whole project was like everyone was writing songs for their moms or their friends and like that's what that whole project is is like Uh a way to say hey you like in high school or in college like i remember you i like you you're my friend and here's like a secret little note to say like i think you're great and also anyone else who has that name can also enjoy it (laughs) but like i would intentionally put things into songs and I do that with all my songs that are like special, like love notes or like communications to friends. Like, Hey, I remember you, you're important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that was a fun project. Right. Talk about the funny uncles project. That was amazing. J.R. Boyce lived with me and, um, I had always wanted to do a, a punk pop album. It's so it's not pop punk. It was, like really short pop songs and I always wanted to do a project where you kind of appropriate commercial jingles that have infiltrated my mind since I was a child and Uh like just spin it so I wanted to do a project that was like quick short commercial jingles that were anti-corporate that would fight like all those little all those things that like all those corporations that get into your brain with their little earworm 
I wanted to just make something else that was like kind of anti that like skittles full of corn syrup genetically modified (laughs) so when you get cancer with medical bills so high you can't afford them death that's my son's favorite is the skittles one because he loves skittles but it's also fun to sing about like you're gonna eat skittles and die And, and so i just thought it'd be a really like punk rock project to like give parents so their kids can sing about these corporations in a way that's a little bit more realistic. Yeah. And Jer was living with me, so we did it together. And it was super fun. And he's one of my favorite human beings on the planet. But basically, a lot of things happened. I did a lot of projects. I moved from Utah. I caught that train you're hearing out in the background. <laughs> and I, we took my family. We, we left... And it was really heavy and really difficult of a transition. And it's still the most amazing place I've ever lived. And I've been looking for it my whole life. And I love it there. Hmm. Um, But I just released an EP this last summer. And uh, I've got a new album coming out with like a bunch of music videos this fall. And I just recorded an album and a project called Icarus Phoenix that I'm especially excited about. And we'll see if anybody picks it up or if it gets released by anybody. Probably not. And then I'll just keep making things. I don't know. We'll see. So that's cool. that's where we're at currently. Currently. Up to yeah. speed here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a website. I believe it's drewdanbury.com. I haven't updated that in years. And we don't know how to get a hold of the guy <laughs> to update it. So it's... It's old. I think it still says I own the Danbury Barbershop, and I don't. Oh. Yeah. Well, but you have a Bandcamp page at least, right? Yeah, Bandcamp and SoundCloud. I update all those. Um, when's, when's your new album uh, The new album? drop, as they say? Uh, sometime in the middle of October. October 18th, I think. Mm-hmm. Something like that. It's basically just a collection of the last 15 years. It's like a, tra- a best of? Yeah, it's like hits. trying... I think... I think for a few years, I'd be like, oh, yeah, just go to my Bandcamp page. And they'd be like, whoa, you got a lot of albums. And I'd just be like, oh, shoot. Yeah, that's probably how, where would one start? <laughs> where would one start with a all those things? A beginner's guide to, yeah. to Danbury. So kind of just like wanted to grab. Do you try well, to have a little sample of every project in yes. there? Yeah. So cool. I tried to get like a sample of every project and kind of um, just give it like as much variety to show like the diversity that you have and still have it flow and still have it be all the best songs and still like be able to represent most everything that you can. It was really difficult to put together, mm-hmm. but, um, but I think, I think we got it. I'm sure there's going to be like a few songs where everyone, everyone's going to have advice like you should have put this song on it. But, <laughs> but I think for the most part, it has like a good, a good variety and represents for all the different projects. So if people are like, I don't like this weepy folk stuff that you do, but I really like this punk rock project called the Apache. Like, that's awesome. I want to listen to that. Then great. So awesome. Well, should we write a song now? Sure. I had a dream last night. Well, I just stayed with my one of my best friends, Dave Dinsbach. Uh-huh. He's just got a new daughter named Goldie. Since we were just talking about For All the Girls, we haven't done a For All the Girls Goldie. Yeah. 
Um, and I had a dream about Goldie. She was smiling at me. She can't sit up yet, but she did in the dream. It was great. I just read Why We Sleep and gave them a baby sleep book that my wife used to to help our son sleep. So maybe yeah. we could sing a song about sleep. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So, song about sleep. Are we talking... Why it's important to sleep? Why it's a, so the, the factual scientific benefits of sleep? Yeah. Or is it a lullaby? Uh, maybe both. And I'm going to use a loop pedal so we can kind of just riff off of it. Sure. So it's D minor, B flat, A minor, G. off there or whatever
yeah, I like it. I'm just I'm wondering what sort of how we can change it from section to section, or if it, if you wanted to build the whole time kind of thing, or. Um, I did have like a. I did have a bridge in mind. That would be a B flat C, A minor, G, and then we could stop right there and go. Um, I've been doing a lot of, obviously with the loop pedal, a lot of noise and ambient stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I'm more inclined and more interested to do something that might be dissonant. Do you like to pluck out the melodies on guitar first or just sing or whatever? Um, whenever I write a song, I always... Um, just have the melody and sometimes it has words and sometimes it doesn't but I'll just think of a melody and record it on a recorder a recording device and then do you, I do you will... have the chord oh sorry you're probably about to say do you have the chords figured out first and the no, melody or no I always write the chords around the melody yeah so I always write a melody first and then I just sit on it I, I don't listen to it for a few weeks and then I go back to it and I revisit it and it's like I'm doing a cover because I've forgotten about it, and it's <laughs> easier to be objective about like whether it's crap or not. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool. So, yeah, I'll always just like come up with an idea or write out an idea, record it, and then not touch it intentionally so I can go back to it later and kind of look at it like, is this really good or was this just fun to make? Yeah. So that I'm not wasting my time nor anyone else's. Right. Ideally. But this is a situation where we are writing a song and it's going to be a song no matter what. So right. in this scenario, I think jamming on like the idea of like the chords and like just coming up with melodies is a good idea. Or uh-huh. I think what you're doing was ideal. That's a good idea to do. Just kind of play and sing ideas. One approach I had with a guy that came in we had we looped uh did some loops and then we took turns like singing melody ideas and then we went back and listened to them and like took the best bits of what we liked from each one but cool we could kind of do that or a few okay so yeah you go first <laughs> do, 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 do. Maybe we could do a G and then an F and then a B and the C. Does that make sense? So it has like a yeah. level of dissonance, but it just doesn't repeat. Like doesn't sound too much like the verse. Is that better? Uh-huh. 
I think that's what's hard about songwriting is there's never any right answers. It's also what makes it easy. No right or wrongs. You just do something. They're just happy little accidents. Yeah. That's what it is. That's it's always the songs that I just threw together without thinking too much of and that everyone likes the best. Yeah. That was another thing with the For All the Girls project is I would intentionally not try to do anything other than just like, I'm just throwing it together. Yeah. Cause that's, keep it keep it spontaneous and yeah. fresh. But it's not as simple as that either, of course. All right, so we want to loop it again. Sure. idea that I've always wanted to do and I feel like this is the perfect opportunity if yep. you're willing to try it 
depends on the idea. I've always wanted to write a song with just like the simplest lyrics, whatever ideas you're trying to convey, and then rewrite everything to say those things in a completely different way. So if you're singing, I've always wanted to do something while I'm, when I'm writing a song to do something like, what are you singing? Sleep, little one, till the day is done, basically. So you sing, sleep, little one, till the day is done. And then you just rewrite those words to mean the same thing, but in ways that are a little bit more, um, a little bit more um, cryptic, maybe. Uh-huh. So instead of saying sleep, little one, till the day is done, you, we'd write the whole song just with whatever simplest, like this is what we're trying to convey, this is the idea, and then we're going to go back and we're just going to go like, instead of saying sleep, little one, the day is done, we're going to say... Close your eyes, um, like, and just finding different ways to say the same thing. Like, uh-huh. taking the time to to actually to not just like say exactly what we mean to say, but to like take the time to say it in interesting ways or different ways, creative ways. I guess yeah. does that make sense? Right. If you're interested. Yeah. Things like that. So we're singing about the same things, but we're doing it in ways where it can be interpreted. It's, yeah, a little, in, little more roundabout, yeah, different angles. Yeah, so like anyone can listen to it, and if they know it's about sleep, it's there. And if they don't, then they're like, this is about meditation. This is about, you know, like me learning to control my anxiety or whatever. Like there's sure. multiple things that can be pulled from it. Yeah, so sometimes I've done songs like that where I have... I have a story in mind and rather than tell the story, I tell about the emotions of the characters in the story. Exactly. And then, but you wouldn't probably catch the story from the lyrics, but you, you get something. Yeah. It's a fine balance between being didactic and being vague. And I'm always going a little bit more on the vague side than I am the didactic side. And I think there's a lot of people whether it's in my film or music that I think want me to be more straightforward and I don't, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to because <laughs> I, I think it's condescending and I, and if people want to be condescended to, then they can go listen to the radio because mm-hmm. there's plenty of music to <laughs> listen to. That's um, going to tell them exactly what they're supposed to, plenty of movies that are going to tell them exactly how they're supposed to feel and manipulate their emotions and, if they aren't aware of it then, and they're happy with that, then that's fine. But for me, I, I just, I want to at least offer an alternative to those. How about you write verses and choruses and I write verses and choruses and then we change them around or like we mess with each other's lyrics. We, ha- we hand each other sheets of paper and Something. edit them. Yeah. Uh, what do you have for the verse? You had... Um, I just, I didn't have, uh, I mean, we were, t- I'm trying to get that word Goldie in there since that's the name. We don't have to. Let's not. No? Let's not. No We'll Goldie. just call it Goldie. Okay. So, I guess melody idea, do you want to write it with our own melody ideas? Yeah. I think establishing the melody and then fitting the lyrics in later is more, is usually how I like to do it. Okay. Getting a melody where you're like, this is the melody I like. Do 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 
Do like that, right? Yeah. Do 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 do. Is that a good melody? Yeah. Should we just go with that? Let's go with that. Are there any other? That's pretty. That song. That's pretty much. That's close to what I had. That's what I thought. <laughs> okay. And I, I think it has your little spin on it. So I, th- I, I like the little tail at the end. Okay. The little scoop you did, I think, in there. And then would we go right there? What did we have for that? I had... Sleep well, little one. Perfect. The day is done. Sleep well, my little one. Cause sleep is a beneficial thing for your <laughs> body. It will give you the energy you need to succeed. Not just that, it, it helps build your immunity system, your REM sleep, it fights off Alzheimer's fights and cancer. Off Alzheimer's. <laughs> You're gonna remember everything. Yeah, that was another thing. Cramming for exams is a bad idea. You should get eight hours, you should study and get eight hours of sleep, and your brain's gonna process all the information and remember it. <laughs> eight hours. Are <laughs> oh, no. not the too. band. <laughs> oh man. Do 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 you a baby no you're in love. Um that's another thing too. We don't have to um it doesn't have to be full of words. I feel like I fill so many so- my songs with so many words. Mm-hmm. Um, we can do like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then just let it be instrumental. And then, yep. Boop bops. Boopity boppities. Mm-hmm. All right. So sleep well, my little one. The day is done. Sleep well, my little one. Night has begun and you will drift off to sleep. And then we just kind of rearrange yeah. how we're saying that. And then... Uh, I have no idea. What are, what are the lines you were working on there for the You have a baby and I know you're in love. What becomes of us when we... One, two, three, four. <laughs> I don't really have an idea. Um, let's focus on your chorus really quick. Okay. You should sing your chorus. And I want to sing the verse. Is that fair? Yeah, sure. Okay. And maybe, yeah, I would love that. And then maybe you can, um, uh, you can, what was I going to say? You can rewrite whatever I write for the verse, or you can write lyrics for my verse, and I'm going to mess with your chorus right now. Okay, you ready? Close eyes, the darkness rises from the grave. Breathe deep, the feeling reaches from the past. Um, and then I'm going to finish that off with that really quick. Stare, stare straight into, in, into it. 
Till it goes away. Kind of an idea. Okay, go. Close eyes, the darkness rises from the grave. Breathe deep, the feeling reaches up from the past. Stare straight ahead, it goes away. Yeah, I like it. That cool. Works. Uh, okay, so do you want to... You want me to write my verse? Yeah. Or, yeah, you, do you want to do Or do you want to... I've, I've just got... Basically, for my verse, I just wanted to write a note to my friends Dave and Cammy, and they just had a baby, and they're in love with that baby, and what becomes of us when we have a baby? Like, what happens in our brains? Like, mm-hmm. why do we love our baby and not other people's babies? Why do we go, our baby's so cute when it goes, go and other babies aren't. Like, why do we do that? <laughs> right. Uh, does that work, though, that idea, though? So unique in the world, not none like you. Maybe we should go back to that idea you were just talking about, like, taming the thing or, like, so unique in all the world, none like you. You've given me this point of view. Another thing I like to do is like do the obvious rhyme and the opposite of it. The opposite of the obvious? Yeah. So like, I feel glad, but then you make me feel sad. Instead of saying sad, you say like the obvious, like, I feel glad, but you make me unhappy. <laughs> Just like an obvious, like, we did this, I did this on purpose, like, to let people know, like, I'm unintentionally rhyming on purpose, you guys. There, there was this uh, December song, This Is Why We Fight, you ever heard that one? Mm-mm. The chorus is like, this is why we fight, this is why we lie awake. And I was expecting him to say, lie awake at night. Yeah. But he yeah. didn't say, he just left that, this is why we lie awake, and he just left it open-ended. And I'm like... Because he knows your brain's already going to go there. <laughs> like, you already get it. That's what the beauty about writing songs, and we're at a point now in songs where like you don't have to rhyme and you don't have to finish a sentence because people already know what you mean. Yeah, there's a beauty in that. I think. Yeah. That sparseness. The. Uh, we don't need to put so unique in all the world. There's none like you because they already know. We already said unique. Yeah, you're so unique. unique. None like you, in all the world. You don't need to write in. There's none like you because we they get it like. Yeah. Cutting, chopping, like Hemingway in your words, like chopping it down to the bare minimum. Yeah. All the pain to be tamed. All the pain to be tamed. If you can get through from my point of view. How about this? Little hands, little cough. Um, What is this love? So much pain. Ooh, I got it. Okay. Maybe. Oh, go ahead. Uh, So basically. As a parent, 
you're just signing yourself up for pain. Like to be a good parent, you just watch your kids suffer and figure it out, which sucks. But you can't tell them, you can't you can't force them to make not make mistakes and they have to learn the hard way a lot of times, right? Yeah. So little hands, little cough. What is this love? So much pain, so much joy we can avoid. No? Not feeling it? No, I like it. I'm just thinking about the words and my 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 songwriter brain's trying to rhyme it. <laughs> and then we go to the so little hands, little cough, what is this love? So much pain, so much joy we can avoid. Close eyes, the darkness rises from the grave. Breathe deep, the feeling reaches from the past. Stare straight ahead, it goes away. And then the second verse. So it, it kind of sounds like what you're saying, like almost the chorus is like, I don't know if this is your attention, but like, you're not, you don't, it's almost like the parent perspective in the chorus, like, I don't know if I can really do this. I, I, I've, I have this, uh, you know, all these fears and all these experiences and it just, I don't, I don't know if I'm up to this, what this little kid's in for. But then you say something about stare straight ahead. Like, yeah, I almost think like, just think about what's right ahead of you here and don't, don't get too hung up on the, the bigger picture. Maybe. I don't well, know. As a parent for me, like, I just look at it like he's going to suffer and he's got to figure stuff out on his own. And mm -hmm. I think that's important. And I think at a certain point, he's going to have to just figure it out. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say essentially is parenting is pain. You're just going to watch your kids suffer. But then accompanied with that is joy. And I don't know if there's a right or wrong. Like a lot of people say, oh, you got to have kids is the best. And it's like, it's not the best. It's terrible at times. It's not always enjoyable. It can be awful. Um, but it can also be the best. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, um, I don't know how to describe it. I guess I want to try and describe that thing of like what it is to be a parent in a way that isn't trying to promote it as like the best thing I've ever done or like it's awful I don't ever get to sleep I don't get to do what yeah. I want you know because it really is in a lot of ways it's the end of your life it's like the beginning of this one and and like you get to decide how much time do I want to give to myself how much time do I want to give to this kid do I neglect my own passions and my own pursuits do um do, do I neglect them when I don't follow my dreams and do the things that I care about? Mm -hmm. Do they need to see their parents like doing art and loving their life so they can see that example of how to live life? Or are you neglecting them by not giving them the love and attention that they need? Like it's not an easy balance yeah. to strike, yeah. but it's, there's no right answers and it's a lot of joy and a lot of pain. And, and honestly, I love it, but I can absolutely understand why some people just shouldn't be parents mm -hmm. and other people, they should definitely, that's all they should do. Like that's, there are some people like, this is what you should do. You you would be a great parent. You're not really good at anything else. Just be a good parent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's a, a personal decision we all make. And I don't, I guess that's what I'm trying to convey without saying all of that 
and just trying to put it into a song where people can feel it or hear it. Yeah. Without having to hear me talk about it for all that time. Mm-hmm. Which is every song ever written. <laughs> How do you say something as succinctly as possible without having to say all the things? Right. Um, are there any of those things that I just said that you think could go into the second verse? Because I really like Little Hands, Little Cough, What Is This Love? So Much Pain, So Much Joy We Can Avoid. And then we have our chorus where it's like dealing with those fears and then let's talk about what what's it why is it why is it worth it you know yeah right and not and in not and not in an egocentric like self-propagation way yeah that bums me out a little bit like what is what do we love about parenthood what do we love about creating this life that's not us making more versions of ourselves That isn't like self-validating by their success. That isn't, you know what I mean? Like I feel like a lot of parents fall into that trap of yeah. That yeah, they kind of live through their kids, or they maybe it's being able to observe their experiences. To be to have a person on your team, to have a person that you can care about, regardless of who they want to be. How do you convey that like? Is it like an untethered boat there to observe? I like that phrase, untethered boat. Okay, untethered boat. Untethered. Untethered. I don't know if it rolls off the tongue for a song, but... Untethered little hands. One, two, three. Um. Something about boats drifting. Something drifting out to sea. Just you and me. Boats drifting, current strong, peace in our minds. Gains balanced, ego crushed, blessed by our lives. Hey, it rhymes. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to do that. <laughs> it's almost like either way it falls, just... Perfect. However it falls, that works. Boats drifting, current strong, peace in our minds, gains balanced, ego crushed, however it falls. Close eyes. I love how you uh, de-rhymed the song. Good. <laughs> Is that all right? Yeah. Okay. So do we, do we have a, a... I think we have a song. A song? I think we have a song. So now that we have the song written, it was time to record. We started with Drew laying down a drum beat, which I looped and added compression, EQ, reverb, and distortion to give it a sound that I was looking for. Drew also added a tambourine and shaker, which come in part way to fill out the beat a little more. Next came guitars. I added a basic acoustic guitar part. Drew played an electric guitar part strumming out and holding the chords. I then took that part and reversed it into half note chunks on the verse and eighth note chunks on the chorus. 
The reverse effect gives it the weird sort of swelling, psychedelic sound, which is similar to the technique Beatles used on some of their songs like Tomorrow Never Knows. Next, I use a synthesizer to create the bass line. I felt like we needed some more texture and weirdness to the song, something to make it sound alive, so I added a few more synth parts. The first uses a tremolo effect with 16th notes, which maybe sounds like a whacked out digital alarm clock rapidly ticking. The pitch sort of shifts in and out of tune, and also the tone swoops in interesting ways with a sort of flange effect. The second synthesizer plays the notes from the chord with an arpeggiator effect on it and a similar swooping sound. It sounds a lot to me like something from Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. To fill in the cracks with the sound, I added an organ with a kind of dark, haunting tone with a fast vibrato effect. It sounds really fragile to me, like it could fall apart at any time. So these elements I've played so far make up most of the song. Drew ended up singing lead vocals on the verses and harmony in the choruses, and then I sang lead vocals on the choruses. For the ending, we wanted to build up layers of electric guitars that kind of take over the mood. Drew had lots of ideas for this, so he ended up playing all the parts you're about to hear. First was a basic melody line, which he played with two guitars on different octaves, one higher and one lower. Next is another melody idea that has two harmonizing parts. This one is a little busier and messier than the first one and sort of acts as a counter melody. And here's what these parts sound like together. Next, Drew played kind of a beefy distortion part with lots of heavy chugging to really fill out the sound and make it heavy. Next, a really spacey part played with heavy delay effect. Next, Drew played a really dark, creepy part with delay, but this time adjusting the pitch knob rapidly so it has these strange noises that come out. So we managed to pull all these ideas together into something cohesive, and I think it's pretty interesting to listen to. Turned out really well. 
Here's the final mix. That's our show this week. Head over to the podcast section of jcause.com to download the song for free. Also, be sure to check out Drew Damery's music on Bandcamp, Spotify, or Apple Music. Follow Making Music with Jcause on Facebook to get updates about future episodes. Also, if you want to help out and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate it. That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets people know it's a cool podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.